Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Welcome to the Hotel Hell. Check-in time is now. Check-out time is never. It's Mike Shope. Does my room have cable? No. And the sheets are made of fire. Can I change rooms? Sorry, we're all booked up. Hell convention in town. And the Bulldog. Can I have a late checkout? I'll have to talk to the manager. You're not the manager, even in your own fantasy? I'm the owner. The co-owner. With Satan. It's Mike Shope. Okay. Just... So I understand that in your wildest fantasy, you are in hell, and you are co-running a bed and breakfast with the devil. And the bulldog. Yeah, but I haven't told you my salary yet. Go. $80,000 a year. Wow. WGR Sports Radio 550. Hell convention. I love hell convention. And the sheets are made of fire. Oh, baby. All right, we got a game tonight, Sabres and Bruins. We're going to talk some more football right now. Our friend Connor Rogers joins us on the Western Hotline at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter from Indianapolis. Connor, I just saw your announcement, NBC. Congrats. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. I'm really, really excited. Uh, new opportunity, and, and I really do appreciate you shouting that out. Yeah, you're welcome. So the Fantasy Football Happy Hour is that, like, Matt Berry, Lawrence Jackson, Pat Corrine, those guys? Yes, yes, exactly. We will. Uh, we are looking forward to running it back next year. Not, okay, you were, all right, cool. I know Pat a little bit. Um, n- nice win, by the way, he had this year. Oh, a banner win. <laughs> Pat, Pat could have rode off into the sunset, but thank God it sounds yes. like he's staying with us to keep the good times going. Yes, so congrats on that. Very cool. All right, so um, how's Indianapolis? It's awesome. It's been chaotic in a good way. Uh, we had the Jalen Carter situation yesterday, one of the top players in the draft, and now we got the testing underway here and all the different media going on. And this is really the kickoff to the new NFL season, even without the league year officially beginning. Just having everybody from the NFL in one centralized location makes for a lot of good action. Too soon, I'm sure, to sort of speculate on what happens to Carter in the draft, but it's not nothing, is it? I mean, he's somebody that you hear mentioned, or at least did hear mentioned for 101, perhaps. Um, what What is your analysis of this? Like, where do you think we're headed? Absolutely. It's not nothing, and it really, you know, good point that there's a lot of variables here, that we don't have a defined answer, but we do know that it matters, and I think that's always the first place to start, is that will this just be swept all under the rug by the time the draft rolls around. I, I'm not entirely convinced that that's the case. And keep in mind, even if he does clear his name um, you know, of these charges, you're dealing with the situation of a player that it, there was, and I know Todd McShay had highlighted this a while ago, You know, qu- just questions about the maturity with Jalen Carter, and now this just kind of raises the eyebrows a little more for the rest of the league, where 
Jalen Carter is an outstanding football talent, and a lot of his teammates here um, have, have defended the kind of character he has and all of those things, but it doesn't mean that he won't have to answer those kinds of questions throughout the interview process and is far from a lock for now from being the first defensive player drafted. This, assuming the Chicago Bears trade that first overall pick, which seems likely, we could have a quarterback-quarterback draft with the Texans picking at number two. But with Arizona at three, I think everything's on the table. And I think Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are, are at, at least considered even odds to go first with Jalen Carter in that spot. I've been talking a lot with different guests here, Connor, of late about this draft this being combine week, of course, so it's a fit. can always talk draft, though. And interesting maybe that the Bears, so the Bears fall into the number one pick, and, like, what a dream. Like, they have Justin Fields. They could even possibly trade him. Sounds like they won't. Fine. Their pick of, you know, just different teams to deal with and all this power. If, maybe you'll tell me if I'm wrong here or just what, but if you get three or even four quarterbacks out of this weekend, who people are, like, really hyped for, I'm not sure that's great for the Bears. Like, maybe you'd want there to be one. <laughs> you know, a Trevor Lawrence situation or something where he, they have all the, the power. But, you know, with Young and Stroud and Levis and even Richardson maybe, I mean, I don't know, it's still good. But uh, a team like Indianapolis, in this example, perhaps, doesn't even have to make a move. It's a really good point, right? And everybody has their different types. And as much as I see... A guy like Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft by a good margin. There are teams that will look at his size, and I'll just throw out, I'll guess, and say he comes in at 5'10 and 3 quarters, 195 pounds. That just won't fly for them. and it, Or maybe they can get over that, but they won't pay a premium for it. So I think it's a great point. And I think four quarterbacks are locked into the top ten. I really do. I think it's going to be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson coming off the board with those top ten picks. And when you look at it like that, you have to wonder what can the the Bears can get a lot for this pick. I think if teams really love Bryce Young, and I think they will, what the Bears have to leverage is essentially Houston and the Colts against each other. I think that's their most important aspect is the fact that whoever jumps the other one, if Houston can flip at one and they get Bryce and he turns out the way he thinks uh, we will, well then you're looking at a division that the Colts have to deal with with Trevor Lawrence and Bryce Young for how long, and then that's a scary situation to be in. And then you look at, here's the wild card, I'll say, as well for Chicago. Uh, the, the NFC South is just an abysmal situation. And the Panthers have put together a really good coaching staff. They do have young ascending talent on the team. They have swung and missed at quarterback over and over and over again. And when you hear Frank Reich speak here and Scott Fitterer speak here, that sounds like a team that, assuming they don't sign Derek Carr, which isn't entirely off the table, they're a team that I think will be really, really aggressive in this spot to go get a guy because they might be sitting there outside of those top five picks and be a little afraid of how the dominoes fall, and they'd rather be in a concrete situation. So there's a lot of drama and theater in the quarterback situation at the top of this draft, and honestly, it's great for the event. Yeah, like Carolina, Connor, I kind of go back and forth. I mean, I, I think I'm a little bit above the market, so to speak, on Carr. Like, I think I might might like him a little more than others that I'm hearing talk about him. Like, I, I've had his one-loss record put in, in front of me recently a couple times. I'm like, well... He's, he never had a good defense there. I don't know. Like At his age, I wouldn't hate a team signing him to like a real contract, but most people seem to be talking about he's asking for too much money and he's not that good. So in Carolina, I could see it for them because I think he's established. You've got Reich, your point about talent, DJ Moore. I mean, they've got – definitely they've got guys to work with. But they might also 
or instead be at the point in time where okay, you know, Cam, we had Cam Newton and after post Cam Newton, like they've been scrambling. Uh, maybe they're ready for a rookie. Maybe that does fit. It's a fascinating situation, right? Because I see both sides of it. Carr is more than good enough to win that division. It almost feels like, and maybe it's a dangerous thing to say, but like it, it kind of sleepwalking. It's just it's a bad division. The Bucks seem, seem like they're accepting their rebuild. The Saints are trying to push money down the road like they do every single year to maybe to get Carr to come there. Uh, I just when you look across the board, I, I just think it's one of you know the Falcons are. It always, you know, one foot in, one foot out with the quarterback situation recently. They, and they're another team that we could discuss in this situation for sure. But if Carolina signs Carr, you feel confident that, Car- you know, and they've improved their offensive line significantly over the last couple of years, especially when they took Iggy Aquanu last year, who got much better as the season went on. They're a team that can win with Carr right now. But back to your point, and this is where I, I kind of lean just trying to judge body language, and I don't get, you know, over crazy about press conference quotes, but I think they were pretty honest. It did seem like Reich and Fitter were eager for that potential rookie. And when you really dial into Reich's situation with the Colts for a while, uh, they just kept swinging and missing on veterans. And veterans that were at the, at the last straw of their career or really their time had run out and they thought it wasn't out. So I think Reich might be motivated and intrigued by the idea uh, of drafting a quarterback and developing him. And here's the giveaway that I'll give you that not a lot of people, I haven't seen anybody discuss this. They hired Josh McCown to be the quarterback's coach, right? I remember when Josh McCown came to New York, the thought process from both him and the Jets was that one day he'd be there to mentor a rookie quarterback. And it was something that a lot of guys are not like this. It was something that he was inspired by. And now that he's hired there to be that voice in the room as a coach, he's the perfect voice for a rookie quarterback with Reich. So maybe that's a little bit of a hint for what's to come in Carolina. Yeah, that's really good. I didn't know that. So um, Carolina has been more like the kind of team that would put Josh McCown under center. Uh, lately than yeah. do, do something yeah, like this exactly you you want to follow up on atlanta uh, i was talking boy they're running together i'm sorry but i had a guest this week who brought up Bijan robinson for atlanta and i'm like wow that is top 10 is a team ready to do that but he is good and atlanta is like maybe the perfect team for him why are the falcons more prominent in in at least what i'm hearing in terms of the quarterback talk I think they've hit it quite well. I think they like Ritter. I don't think they love Ritter. It took them a while to move to him last year. They should have moved to him much earlier and gotten him more experience. Now, I see two sides to the Bijan situation. The one side is he's just a great player, and then you're trotting out an offense that has freakish size and athletes all around whoever's under center with Drake London, who flashed last year with Kyle Pitts, who I think they get back on track and then Bijan Robinson. But the side number two that I've, I see as much more realistic is, at some point, you need to start taking valuable positions that are winning you games. And you're already in a really weak division right now, so it's right there for the taking. I look at that situation and go, okay, so you've now taken a tight end in the top five, a wide receiver in the top ten, which I personally have no problem with, and then a running back in the top ten three years in a row, that's kind of bad asset management. And I yeah. understand Kyle Pitts is a uh, you know, generational tight end. B. John Robinson, generational running back. I understand that. I'm the draft guy that loves them as players and think they'll be really good players. But part of this game for GMs is using your assets wisely. And at some point, Atlanta needs to get that quarterback to start winning games. And I'll say this. I think if the Lamar Jackson situation gets much further down the road, because we're not there yet, I could see Atlanta being in that sweepstakes because they have an owner that wants to start a quarterback. We know they were kind of in on the Deshaun Watson situation as well. 
And if the Ravens do have to trade him, which we're still a little far away from, it will be out of the AFC and to the NFC. Connor, that situation is not getting better, though. Like I, I have been, I have been sort of in denial about it. Like, how could you possibly do it? You wait him out. You may offer him more, whatever. Like, you just make it work. But it's like again today. Now you've got teammates piling on against the GM. You know, when the GM sort of takes a shot at their receivers. Like, I don't know. It could be. It could be sooner. We could be sooner to a trade than I thought. And it, yeah, and it feels like one that you never know if you come out of nowhere. And and he, that's because we have this you know, franchise tag situation where if they give him the non-exclusive, a team can negotiate with him and he could sign a deal and they would force the Ravens to match it. And if they don't, they get the two first round picks because I mean, he's, I don't, I don't see how Lamar Jackson plays on not only the franchise tag, but the, the non-exclusive one that's about 33, $32.6 million. And I, I, months ago, I wouldn't even entertain the conversation. And gradually this has ramped up to the point where I'm like, you have to, because he's dug in. I think he's rightfully stubborn. I think Baltimore is an organization that has values they refuse to stray from, uh, similar to a team in their division like the Steelers. They just do things a certain way. They think that the organizational structure, and I'm not arguing for or against this, will carry on and they'll always find a way to draft talent, develop talent, and win football games. And it's not based around one player. And this is, that's why this is the ultimate stare down right now. With Connor Rogers, Mike Shope here on WGR Bulldog is off this week. Well, I know you do some Jets work uh, too for SNY. Connor, are, are the like what what kind of place does Lamar Jackson have in the Jets conversation? With you know, there's Derek Carr who's been in. There's Aaron Rodgers. There's other guys, I guess too. Um, I mean, Jackson has got to be a long shot for anybody because you just don't know if Baltimore wants to do that, but. Like, is he prominent in the speculation there? I think if it got to the place where, say, Rodgers retires, goes back to Green Bay, a non-Jets situation, which is entirely possible, Carr, which is not discussed a lot, could feel the same way. Carr could like the idea of the NFC better than going to play for the Jets. Carr might not like the New York City media market. He might not like the idea of how tough the AFC is because he's lived that already. It's, It's been tough goings. And so the Jets, whether they go all out or not, and I think they will, starting with Rodgers and then Dakar, if those, they don't get those guys, and there's a very real world we live in where that happens, and Lamar Jackson becomes available, I think the Jets absolutely would put an offer on, you would think the Jets would put an offer on the table that would be significant, but the problem is they always lose in a tie to those teams in the NFC, because if you're Baltimore, you don't want to see them a lot. You, you just don't. You, it's hard to overcome the scrutiny of trading a guy in his mid-20s that already won you an MVP that that city adores. And I can't stress that part enough. That city adores Lamar Jackson, where if this trade ultimately happens, I think it's a situation that they go, we got to get him as far away as possible <laughs> because we just we just can't deal with that. Yeah, that NFC South, I keep thinking about that for Carr, too. Like, wherever he goes, they're the favorite. I mean, even Derek Carr, I think, would be the favorite in that division if he were to somehow end up on any of those four teams. They all need somebody, you would think. With Connor Rogers, so let's talk a little Bills here. It's probably been too long. Um, 27th pick. Here's here's what's happened to me, Connor, in the few weeks since we've talked maybe, uh, or however long it's been. You know, guests one or two a day talking about the draft and from the combine and that. And I feel like when the season ended, like, okay, Enough with the defensive line in the first two rounds of the draft. They they have they have to know now that they need weapons. 
So let's finally be able to talk wide receiver realistically for them. And I feel like I've be, I'm being talked out of it. Not that there aren't receiver candidates, but you know, one guy says, oh, the guys who are worth it will be gone already, premium position, uh, you need offensive line too, even defense, especially if Poyer leaves, Edmonds leaves. So I don't know. I feel like my idea, not that it was only mine, Connor, but wide receiver, it's perfect. It's time for the Bills in round one. Maybe that's not as realistic as I want it to be. So I wonder this with the Bills and wide receiver, which I do think is on the table because this draft can kind of angle, you know, as I've told you guys, where it falls into their lap, whether that's Jackson Smith and Jigba being taken at the end of the first round, which doesn't really make sense, but I think it could happen very realistically. Jordan Addison, probably not there, but it could happen. These things could happen in this draft where the Bills end up getting a really, really good receiver with that pick. My biggest question is, do we get the solution to this well before the draft? Do the Bills, despite, I understand Josh Allen's cap numbers going up, Stephon Diggs' cap numbers going up. They have fascinating decisions to make on the external market. But as we've seen in this league for a long time with restructures, void years, bonuses, money can be moved around at an alarming, alarming rate. And the Bills have stability in their front office where they are more than capable of doing that. Do the Bills attack the veteran market and say, we don't want to deal with any rookie growing pains. We want a guy that comes in here and makes us, gives us a lethal one-two with Diggs and whoever it is. is. Is DeAndre Hopkins going to be traded? Everybody thinks so. We've already heard the Chargers shut down the idea of letting Keenan Allen go, but there's always veteran wide receivers on the market that can be had for non-premium picks because it's all about the money. That's all it's about is moving that money out. Are the Bills in go-for-it mode in that aspect where they'd rather get the vet wide receiver? And then if they don't have to pay a premium to do that, you can use those selections to rebuild your trenches, which I think is something Brandon Bean has had his eyes on this entire offseason so far. I cannot tell you enough how – uh, heavily, he was watching the offensive line and defensive lines on the field at the Senior Bowl, and rightly so. There's depth in both those units where they can capitalize on that. So I, I kind of do lean that way. I think if the Bills look at their premium capital and think trenches, 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 and they want to take a little bit off Josh Allen's shoulders. Yes, getting a top-end wide receiver does that, but also a, a better offensive line with their run game does that as well. I like that. Here, I want to give you a name for this point that I have not said on the air yet, but I've been thinking about it, just hasn't come up. Deontay Johnson, some mm-hmm. some yep. speculation he's movable or that they'd want to move him. It's a pretty big number, like uh, ten million, ten, maybe sixteen is his cap number as I see it. But I don't know. Is that realistic? He's good. He is very good, and he's somebody that might be in a frustrated situation because they've gone through a little bit of a retool over there. And you just look at the kind of player he is right now at this point of his career. Right, he's twenty six years old. He's been highly productive. He kind of can go for a thousand yards in his sleep. And I know he didn't get there last year, but it's just, it just was not his fault with what the Steelers were working with. And, and you go back to the cap hit. Once again, these are things that you can really manipulate that you never kill any scenario. That's just the world we live in at this point. So uh, Deontay Johnson's a guy that it's very, if the Steelers think that, hey, he, he might play out those last two years on his contract, but this is the only time we can get value. I mean, yeah, the cap hits high, but it's one of those things where we can kick the money around. We could restructure him. You you talk to the player's agent before the deal, and you restructure that money around. So I like that idea a lot because instead of getting an older guy, you're saying, hey, Deontay Johnson, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen, this is it for the next at least you know three to four years, and, and good luck to everybody else. Yeah, that's really good if they could make the money work. I wonder what he would cost in terms of a, in terms of a trade. Very good, Connor. Well, I've taken up a lot of your time here. 
get back to uh, work there or fun, whatever. Indy's both, right? The com- the combine's yeah, both. Yeah, it's a perfect blend. Yeah, it's, it's a cocktail per- of work and fun. It's perfect. <laughs> Best to Corain, too. I'll uh, see him soon enough. Thanks a lot, Connor. Anytime. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Connor Rogers, NBC Sports now. Congrats to him again on that. SNY, even PFF a little bit. Pat Corain, so who who's Pat Corain? He is one of my favorite guys in uh, in fantasy, in high stakes and in best ball. And he won, I think, it has to be the biggest prize in fantasy uh, last year. It was $2 million. Pretty good. So Connor, when Connor says, we're lucky he didn't just sail away, you know, that's, that's right. If you won $2 million, would you quit? It's an interesting number. Like you, don't, you don't get all of it. <laughs> if you won a $2 million prize... You know, it depends on uh, certain factors, right? Like your age, what you like the job you have. I think I'd probably want to keep my job. I don't know if I'd be as good at it. I don't know if I'm that good at it now. I do think I used to be better at this, actually. Let me just tell you, I'll tell you that uh, candidly. I think I used to be better at this. But sometimes I sort of beat myself up over that. Sometimes I feel like it's just sort of natural. It's age. I, I feel like I forget things that I didn't used to forget. But... That seems like that's sort of common, so uh, anyway, why am I talking about this? Howard retires tomorrow. It's just been so wonderful here having those two guys in the morning, Howard and Jeremy, and Bulldog for, for my on, on this show as my partner for so long. I just love that about, about the station, that... We've been, the four of us have been, you know, kind of doing the same thing here for so long because like you always, we're very, very lucky. I I think we'd all say that. Uh, You always hear about radio, like that's just almost not possible that the guys are moving around all the time and formats change and management changes and like everything. You just constantly have to be on the go. And it's like one of my things I think I'm just very lucky for and very proud of uh, that we've been able to stay together for so long. It's like really Bulldog and I are 20 years almost. And so Howard leaving tomorrow, I mean, best to him. Uh, he's had a wonderful and long career. And, um, you know, here's to Howard. Retirement tomorrow. I'm sure the morning show tomorrow will be uh, really special. 803-0550 for your calls. Okay. If you're listening all the time to these these guests talking about the draft, are we Maybe yes, maybe no. Moving away from receiver in the first round a little bit. Certainly a lot of time left between now and then, but we've been kind of on a streak here, people talking about the offensive line over one of the skill positions. How about you? Also, the Sabres and the trade deadline tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Minor move today. Anders Bjork out. Carson Gusevich from Orchard Park in. That's the report Sabres and Blackhawks making a move still. More and more trades around the league uh, happening. Just the Sabres have not been a big uh, part of it yet. Sabres and Bruins tonight. Paul Hamilton will join me for the pregame show at 6 o'clock. This is Mike Shope on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.